Fox Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Fox Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get in here on Fox Spots and Chair Shots. One of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. DJ Savage represents the takeover all day. And Fox Spots and Chair Shots, check Hello to all my people, and if you're watching live, checking us out on YouTube, or listening on your favorite podcast provider, you are most definitely my people. Welcome to another episode of the Indie Wrestling Gazette. I am your host, a chef by trade and a mark by choice, and I am hyped for tonight. Joining me tonight, he is the Prince of Prestige. He is the reigning, defending, and unpinned CCW Southern States Champion. He is the violent gentleman, Miles Blackwell. Miles, thanks for coming on and chatting about some wrestling, man. How are you? I'm fantastic. I've got to say that's the best introduction I've ever had. Um, you know, sometimes people like to doubt my accolades and man, you, you nailed it. I'm, I might have to hire you as my personal in-ring uh, announcer. Full-time taking bookings. <laughs> um, look, I always try to start these interviews. They're always a lot of fun because I always start <laughs> with the same question, but hearing everybody's kind of origin story is important. Um, where did wrestling start for you in two parts? One is a fan. What kind of wrestling did you watch when you were growing up? What were you exposed to? And then where did you start your training as a wrestler? Um, as far as a fan, you know, uh, you know, I was watching WWE, like, you know, most everyone, um, you know, especially in the early 90s, um, you know, a big fan of Tatanka was one of my favorites. And then, you know, as I got a little bit older, um, the, the, you know, the Hart Foundation, Owen, you know, Owen became one of my favorites. And then when you get a little bit older, you look back and you watch wrestling that you weren't old enough to appreciate at the time. And because of that, going back, you know, um, Roddy Piper, hands down, you know, it's my all-time favorite. Um, it's It's been brought up on multiple podcasts. I've posted pictures, but I mean, I've actually got, you know, a fairly large piece of, of Roddy. He's, you know, to me. For someone who, you know, might not be the most athletic, um, but Piper transcended, you know, in-ring ability with, you know, in-ring personality. And that's, for me, that's something that says, you know, if you put the work in, you can get it done. So in your in your wrestling career then, do you feel like you, when you watch some of these greats, when you watch Piper and you, you have such a, like, a connection with him as a person, do you feel like you try to adapt some of the stuff you see him do in ring on the mic? Do you feel like you take little pieces of Piper and make them into who you are? You know, as much as I would love to, you know, our, our styles are very different, even even on the microphone. Um, you know, everyone who who's familiar with Piper knows the man was, you know, 100 miles an hour, you know, all the time. And that's not really me. Um, you know, where I get the fans to get angry is just small things. You know, I've, I've been a I've always let me try to let me try to explain this. I've always said that to me, one of the most annoying things in the world is a mosquito. You know, a mosquito is not causing immense damage. You know, it's not, you know, kicking down the doors, but it's just that little bit in your ear. You know what I mean? And and for me, it's, you know, I feel like I get I get over just by aggravating people. You know, that's, that's where I get in. Uh, what about your training? When you started training as a pro wrestler and you're like, all right, this is it for me. Uh, where did your training start? Uh, my training started for Continental Championship Wrestling out of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, that's actually it's my own now. That's where, that's where I still wrestle. There, you know, that's the championship that I hold is their Southern States title. And you know, I, I started and you know, 
quickly was humbled. You know, I'm, I'm used to being good at things quickly and this was not the case. Um, very quickly I was humbled and, you know, but I was shown the correct way to do things. I was shown that, you know, before you worry about this, get the basics down, you know, become brilliant with the basics. And um, man, I wouldn't trade it for nothing. You know, it was, it was, and it continues to be some of the greatest times of my life. Absolutely. CCW carries some prestige as well. There's been some guys come through that locker room. Um, I know at one point Gangrel was down there. Is Gangrel still involved with CCW? Well, the fun thing about that is there's multiple CCWs in, in, in Florida. Florida is, is kind of a hotbed for indie wrestling. Of course, um, yeah. This Gangrel, that's Coastal Championship Wrestling. Oh. And they're more towards South Florida where we're in, you know, AEW's backyard in Jacksonville. Okay. Um, we've had you know a few people from you know uh some of our some of our current roster actually has had a few matches on dark and dark elevation um so i mean it's it's a different ccw and a lot of times that when people ask where i come from it does have to come with that additional explanation for that reason alone you know when i was looking up training schools and i you know found them i had actually found a different ccw and um and that was on you know that wasn't by design it was by accident and then uh quickly it corrected and you know i got where i was supposed to be and where i feel that i'm supposed to be now you know what i mean so what was it like for you when you got through your training and you were finally starting your matches and you started to transition onto the scene uh what were some of the things you started to do to help develop <laughs> to to become the violet gentleman what were some of the the steps you took and you started picking up on the road um really it's it's study you know it's film you know not necessarily film i mean everything's digital now but you know you watch things and and i learned from regal um not personally but you know just from listening to him um don't just look at wrestling for your inspiration you know initially when i was uh coming up with this character it was supposed to be a bit more dark a bit more scary bit like a Anton Sugar from No Country for Old Men, you know, Hannibal Lecter type, you know, minus the cannibalism. And, you know, along the lines, it didn't, it didn't work out that way. And then I just kind of started to transition into a bit of, um, if anyone, if anyone follows my Twitter page, you know, I'm a huge Oasis fan. And, you know, I kind of said, what would Liam Gallagher do if he was a wrestler? You know, he's a bit of a dickhead. He's cocky. You know, he's good at what he does. Um, but, you know, you either love him or you hate him. And, you know, I started watching his interviews, listening to the way he handled things. And, you know, that's kind of where, you know, the current state of who I am now kind of kind of comes from that. So now that you've been the CCW, you're the Southern States champion, they put the belt on you. When a lot of guys first get that chance and the, a promotion goes, OK, you're going to be our guy. What was your first impression when they said, OK, Miles, you're going to be the dude now? I said, great, let's go. Um, you know, going into this, this I had a uh, roughly a 10-month-long feud with uh, the machine Bryce Max over this title. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer of what I call the Sami Zayn method, and that's whatever you give me, I'm going to try to make it work. I'm going to try to make it the thing that everyone is talking about. And that's exactly what it was. You know, when when you have the locker room that you are a part of, that are invested in your feud and invested in the storyline. That's when, you know, you got it. You know, when, when I, I hate when people talk about working people, but when you work the workers, you know, you're doing something correct. So when they told me I was going to do it, I said, great, let's go. Um, you know, 
Friday, they finally aired the match um, from the big event where, you know, I did get the one, two, three, and now they have to recognize my title reign. And, you know, even I've, I've been saying the first promo, I'm going to say, I don't see what the big deal is. I've been champion since January, <laughs> you know, and just, just lean into it, man. So, Delusion is a fantastic quality of a heel, you know what I mean? When you're standing as the champion and you're going through it and you look at the, the process and you're staring down that barrel now, um, how do you prepare now as a defending champion? Is there any preparation difference from going from match to match? You know, uh, I would like to say that 90% of my moveset can be applied to any particular opponent. You know, I've got a couple lifting things. Um, you know, Bryce Maddox was, was no small guy. The man, you know, runs about 250, you know, but 90% of my moveset is grapples and strikes. So, you know, it's just kind of, you know, what's the cardio of this one? Like, you know, um, what gets under his skin? You know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to face someone, I'm going to watch their matches leading up to it. And, you know, everybody you watch has a weakness except for me. Of course, I've got nothing. So as the unpinned champion, let's talk about that for a while. When was the last time your shoulders were pinned? One, two, three. Legitimately or actually? I mean, legitimately or, you know, with the company claiming that it happened. Uh, um, two parts. Let's, uh, let's, right. let's keep it kayfabe. When was the last time the violent gentleman was pinned? And then when was, like, looking back at it, how far back on CCW do you have to go back to, to actually find you taking a, a loss? Or a, a one, two, three pinfall. You know, I don't actually remember, and we're gonna keep it that that way. Um, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, um, I've got pinned in this tournament for this TV title that they have there, and you know, of course, after countless emails, letters, certified letters, you know, notary and all that, you know, saying check the other camera, my shoulder was up. You know, it, it went unnoticed. They didn't do nothing about it. You know, so. You know, I, I, I refuse to accept the results of that match. As far as I'm concerned, I'm still unpinned. You know, it's and that's that's how it's going to be. You know, I, I don't think anyone has legitimately put me on the map for the three count. Um, you know, Bryce Maddox had at one point distracted me in a match and, you know, the ref counted to three. But, you know, I, I recall kicking out before then. It's neither here nor there. You know, I've got his, his former title. So, you know, in the end, I came out on top. You know what I mean? Okay, this is completely unrelated to wrestling now. And I have to know, because I'm an avid fan of The Office. Huge fan. Oh, what, this is going. What, what's your beef with Bob Vance? You know, this actually came about was, you know, the more you watch The Office, everyone's afraid of Bob. And I don't get it, man. I, you know, and as soon as as soon as you queued up the screen and I saw the Dunder Mifflin in the bottom of the corner, I was like, I knew the question was coming. Um, you know, he's it's it's a false uh, it's a false toughness, you know, and it it bothers me. And so you know, it, it all started out, you know, that you know I, I could kick his arse in a fight, and I know I could. And then it just started with this thing on Twitter, and somehow it just became a big part of my personality and my gimmick on Twitter where I've developed quite a bit of fan base based off of that. You know, there's people sending me messages, Bob's a coward. I hate Bob. You know, you should kidnap Phyllis. And I mean, some of these things really escalate, man. Um, I, you know, I actually thought about, you know, as a joke, uh, purchasing a cameo from the actor that plays him 
um, because he does cameos and he does them in character. And, you know, I, I knew that was going to blow up. So, I mean, that's something I might do down the line or, you know, find out when there's going to be like some kind of, uh, there was a Dundercon or what was it called? Office Con or something that was going on. And I wanted to find a way to get there and, you know, you know, not cause a scene, but, you know, speak to him on the low and try to get something because I figured it would blow up. So I've got to ask, 1v1, who do you got, Dwight or Bob Vance? You know, I saw Michael Michael put Dwight on his back. So I'm going to say that, you know, Bob Bob could take Bob could take Dwight. Asking the real hard questions here for you, Miles. The real tough ones. No, these are these are the great <laughs> ones. These are the great ones. I mean, there's always the, you know, where did you where did you start? You know, who's your favorites? And I love those questions. You know, if you don't love this business, why are you in it? You know, but you know, the the fun questions always always make the interview stand out a bit. Um, so it's kind of getting back to, to your career a little bit. Um, where have you had the chance to wrestle? Uh, how far out of the, the Jacksonville area have you gotten? Um, you know, I'm still fairly new to this, but in the last uh, month and a half, I've had a couple matches in a couple of cities in Georgia. Um, one in Osceola, Georgia. It was a charity event um, to help a, a lady who had been diagnosed with cancer with some of her medical bills. And then Saturday, I wrestled for a company. I should know the name. I don't remember much because it was the stiffest mat I've ever been on. I, I'm not even sure if it was a mat. I think it was just a canvas and a plywood. Um, it was, I think, Extreme Pro Wrestling, which I'm sure there's multiple companies that go by that name. Um, and it was another, you know, event to help out with, you know, the less fortunate. Um, you know, but like, like anything, you know, I, I see wrestling like pizza, you know, it's great or it's still pretty good so like pizza when you go from city to city it's going to have slight differences to it what were some of the the biggest differences you saw when you got to georgia uh fan wise you know atmosphere wise locker room wise like what were the biggest differences between the two uh territories so to speak um the last match you know they weren't familiar with me which is okay you know uh, you know i don't expect you know I don't expect people to see my name and go bananas, you know, but I just I felt like with that group, they were dead. They were asleep and the ropes were really loose. You know, I do a couple of things where I go off the middle rope, you know, not really a springboard type situation, but I jumped off them ropes and I'm not going anywhere. You know, I hope this guy gets up underneath me. Um, but I mean, I'm typically pretty good at getting a crowd against me quite early in a match. And this particular particular fan she was talking a bit and i had said you know are you just jealous that this many people didn't show up to see you without a shirt and <laughs> crickets man it was absolute crickets and i and you know i was proud of that one you know i've had people swing on me before you know and that got absolutely nothing and i said this is this is going to be this is going to be a quick match man you know if you're not getting what you need out of them you know i'm not going to make them watch everything I can do. You know, I'm just going to take it home and, you know, get out of there. Uh, so as you work as a hill, um, one of my favorite things to ask is when you know you're going to go out there every night and your job is to piss off as many people as you can, how do you prepare mentally knowing you're always going to be the bad guy? You know what I mean? Every night you're going to go out there and just be the bad guy. What's that like? It's really... It, I hate when people say this because it sounds so cliche, but it fuels me, man. 
you know, the last show, the last biggest show I did, we drew almost 600 people, you know, right shy of 600 people. And, you know, all I did was I came out there and I ripped up somebody's sign, just something basic, man, something, you know, something they were doing in the eighties and the nineties. Um, Chris Jericho used to do that a lot. And when I tell you, you know, it, it just blew up, you know, it blew up just something that small. And those are the fans that I like, you know, those are the fans that they're there to watch it, to enjoy it. Not to say, I think I know what's going on. This is what's happening behind the scenes. You know, this is the reason this is fake. This is real. No, you're just there to enjoy the show. And, you know, it's that, you know, quote unquote, suspension of disbelief, you know, and, you know, my job is, you know, to make people mad. And, you know, when I'm, when I'm getting, you know, tossed about in the ring, you know, that they're enjoying it, you know, that's, you know, if you're not in it to do that, then, you know, I, I really don't know what to tell you, you know, especially on the Indies, man, this isn't a money game right now. Not, not to, you you know, get several echelons up. So when you're working, a lot of people use the analogy, they turn things up to 11 for who they are in the ring. What part of your everyday, just normal life gets turned up to 11 to when you become the, uh, the violent gentleman? You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a smart ass, you know what I mean? And, you know, that goes back to the locker room. I mean, I'm, I'm respectful with, you know, the guys, you know, the boys and, and the girls in the locker room and that. But for me, it's... I, I react, or not I react, I interact with the crowd. You know, I've worked with people that said, man, you know what? I didn't even have to do, you know, my face stuff because you had the crowd hating you so much just with your back and forth, you know? And for me, that's what it is, you know? Um, we all know that, you know, the guardrail is there for a reason, you know? And, you know, really, you, you don't want someone to jump the rail. But if they do, you know, that's you get to take things into your own hands and I, and I had a, a guy that said, you know, get back in the ring, boy, because I spent 90% of this particular match outside of the ring. I'd wait till the nine count, roll in, roll back out. And, you know, I told him, you know, across the guardrail, you see how much of a man I am. You know, things like that, you know, it just really gets people, people excited and people hot. And, you know, that's me. You know, it's hard for me to be quiet if I feel like I'm being disrespected or, you know, the company that I work for, you know, as far as this being a shoot. You know, I don't like people disrespecting where I came from. You know, CCW is my home and I'm going to defend it until it gives me a reason not to. So when you get down there and you're, you're working and you're building the psychology of it, is there a huge difference for you when you get out there? Do you have a preference? Do you prefer to work as a hill or a baby face? Like, do you feel more natural as a hill when you build your character and your character development? Oh, correct. I, yeah, I've actually never worked babyface, man. Okay. I've been a heel, heel since the inception. And, um, you know, could I be a babyface? Sure. You know, I, like I said, it's the Sami Zayn method. You know, whatever you give me, I'm going to give it 150%. And I'm going to be the best face or the best heel, you know, that this particular company has ever seen. And if you don't believe in yourself to that level, then again, why are you doing this? Okay. Um, I, I've started recently asking this one question. If there was one match that you'd be like, this is the Miles Blackwell match you need to go watch, what is that one match for you? The one that just aired, man. Um, it was it was the story. It was the buildup. It was one of the first times that I felt 150% comfortable with my particular skill set, who I was in a ring with, just the atmosphere alone. Um, and it just, you know, it took place August 27th and after the editing and, and whatnot, they, uh, they aired it on Friday 
And, you know, I've watched it as a critique as well, probably 10, 12 times myself. All right. Well, Miles, I end all of my interviews with five rapid fire questions, some having to do with wrestling, some not. I got your five queued up. You ready? I'm ready. What's your favorite food? Pizza. Hands down. Mine too. Pepperoni pizza, 10 times out of 10. Always the same answer. What's your favorite city? My favorite city, um, you know, Man City, man. You know, I mean, if, if you're from there, you know, there is no other city. You know, working class people, you know, they love the city. And it's no matter how long you've been gone, that's where you're from. Okay, I have no bearing whatsoever on this or no backing because I have nothing to go off of. Do you have a pick between Man City or Manchester United? Believe it or not, I'm not into football. Really? Okay, yes. I just assumed. Yeah. When I hear Manchester, I have, have no idea. Like I said, no idea what I'm talking about. When I hear people talk about the city of Manchester, I always ask them. It's like Alabama football. They either like Alabama or Auburn, like in the U.S. So when I hear people mention Manchester, I'm like, is it Man U, you know, or like, is it Man City? <laughs> this is what I'll say. Man U has a cooler logo, you know, got like the devil with a pitchfork and all that. And, um, you know, the Gallagher brothers from Oasis are all about Man City. So, you know, you know, if I had to pick one, I'd say Man City, but I wouldn't know anybody that plays any. I wouldn't know nothing about it. You know, I'm in the exact same boat. I was just curious. It's one of those things that always pop into my head. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Jaws. Really? The original and just well, Jaws? Without a doubt, the original. I saw it for the first time in 2018 and... You know, just everything about the movie, you know, when they filmed it, everything went wrong, but it still turned out to be one of those movies that should never be remade. You know what I mean? Uh, I believe Princess Bride is another one that should never be remade. But the thing about Jaws was the, um, the, the animatronic, whenever they built it, they didn't factor in that it was going to be in salt water and that actually messed up the gears, which is why you didn't see it so much in a movie. But you know, you didn't need it. You know, it was the suspense. You know, if you're a fan of wrestling and something that gets lost these days is the build. You know what I mean? This, and I feel like that's something AEW is doing really well is they build. They let these stories build. It's not, let's shove these two in a feud because we got a pay-per-view in a week. So hot take time. Do you think Jaws is a better movie than E.T.? Do you think it's the best Spielberg? Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, bias and not, I'm, I'm, I've never seen E.T., but, you know, I've, I've got, you know, Jaws memorabilia all over my house. Um, sometimes I have this thing with my wife where I will print up a picture and put it in a frame and hang it up and see how long it takes her to recognize it or notice it. And um, we've got a picture of Quinn, you know, <laughs> or Quint, I'm sorry, uh, Quint, you know, you know, as soon as you walk in the door and open the door, he's, he's staring at you. And, you know, it took a couple of weeks and that was it. What is your favorite finish that isn't yours? Our favorite finisher that isn't yours? Oh, man. Um, I like the finishes that, you know, come out of nowhere. And it's not, it's not an RKO. Um, you know, Malachi Black, the Black Mass, you know, I just, I love it. And I love a finish that can be applied to any opponent. Um, you know, some some finishes are only as good as those who take it or those who sell it. You know, that's why we've seen Spears look like, you know, just an aggressive hug, you know. Um, <laughs> but Black Mass, um, I've never used a pedigree, but I, I feel like that's one of the – that's an iconic finisher, man. I just I, – the setup, all of it. Um, I would probably say – probably say Black Mass. Uh, again, GTS, if it lands clean, it is just immaculate. 
Do you think there's such thing as a protected finish left in wrestling now? Do you think there's still finishers out there that are protected enough that guys aren't kicking out of? No, not anymore. Um, they used to be protected until pay-per-views, you know, and um, that's one thing the uh, the particular gentleman who books for CCW hates is anyone kicking out of a finisher. And, you know, in, in my last match, we were going to um, – we were given pretty much creative brain to do what we wanted to do in this match. And it worked out fantastically. And we had talked about, you know, my opponent kicking out of my finisher on the low. And, you know, he said, you know, I don't care what you do as long as somebody doesn't kick out of a finisher. And we were, you know, kind of mucked up the whole thing, but you know, the match still ended great. Um, I walked out with the title, so I'm happy. Um, but no, man, I think the last protected finisher was what Baron Corbin's end of days you know, if someone finally kicked out of it, you know, early in the year. Yeah, that was just recently at one of the pay-per-views. I think it was Drew yeah. McIntyre was the first one to kick out of it. Right. Uh, what is your favorite vacation spot? Oh, man, I'm not much of a vacation person, you know. Um, I don't like the beach, man. It's just dirt and water. Um, <laughs> I'm the same way. I always say mountains over the beach when it would come to those kinds of things. I think it would be cooler to chill in the mountains, but I'm the same way. I don't remember the genuinely not saying this, but I genuinely don't remember the last vacation. That was like a real vacation I went on anyways. Right. I, I believe my wife and I, we went somewhere. I think it was uh, in Tennessee. It was Gatlinburg, you know, I lived and there for two years. I just moved back to Nashville from Gatlinburg. It's lovely, man. That pigeon forge, I guess it's a bit touristy in that, but it's, you know, we went in the fall, and it was absolutely beautiful, you know, and it was, it was a fantastic time until she had me on the zip line, you know, and I just, you know, it's not for me, man. Never again. All right. Miles this is my favorite part of every episode. Cause I get to sit here and be quiet, plug your stuff, tell everybody what you have coming, where to find you on your socials. Uh, put yourself over for me. Fantastic. Uh, violent gentlemen, you can find me on Twitter. That's the only social media I have. So if you see me on Instagram, it's not real. Um, I'm on Twitter at VG underscore Blackwell. That's violent gentleman underscore Blackwell at VG Blackwell. Um, uh, you can find me on CCW. Uh, their, their website is uh, ccwrestling.biz. It works better on a computer or an iPad rather than a cell phone. If you pull it up on a cell phone, it's a bit jumbled in that. Um, you know, you can catch me on there. They have a weekly webcast, kind of a recap show from our some of our studio tapings, our traveling shows, things like that. And shoot me a DM. I'm fantastic on Twitter. I love what I do. And I like to interact with people. You know, unless you're a dickhead, I'm probably going to respond to you in some way, shape, or form. And if you see Bob Vance, tell him to give me tell him to give me a call, man. I'm waiting. <laughs> Excellent, Miles. Well, I appreciate you stopping by and chatting about some wrestling. And now as we close another episode of Botch Bots and Chair Shots, I want to take a minute and thank you for listening. For the violent gentleman, Miles Blackwell, I am the Will Gray. Thanks for stopping by and listening, my people. Botch Spots and Chair Shots. And people, just to start off, if y'all haven't, go subscribe to Botch Spots and Chair Shots on all platforms to make sure we get here on Botch Spots and Chair Shots, one of the hottest podcasts out here. Definitely from the spotlight. Savage represent the takeover to take over all day and Bosch Bosch and Chair Shot. Check. Savage!